0: Before we jump into the episode, here's a quick disclaimer about our content. The Remote Real Estate Investor Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as investment advice. The views, opinions, and strategies of both the hosts and the guests are their own and should not be considered as guidance from Roofstock. Make sure to always run your own numbers, make your own independent decisions, and seek investment advice from licensed professionals. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Remote Real Estate Investor. I'm Michael Albaum, and today I'm joined by Dana Dunford. CEO and co-founder of Hemlane Property Management. And today, Dana and I are talking about a pretty heavy and serious topic, and that's the war in Ukraine and how it's likely going to impact and affect our economy locally here in the States, as well as the real estate investment market. So let's get into it. Dana Dunford, welcome back to the pod. So happy to have you on. Thanks for taking the time
1: yeah thanks for having me back on it's been a while
0: i know it's been too long Uh, and in between our last recording and now you gotten some series a funding right
1: we did we did we announced it in january and um now we're um on the property management side ready to ready to rock and roll and uh, provide some more innovation there
0: oh congratulations that is super exciting so today i was hoping that we could talk about kind of a more serious topic a bit of a heavy topic and that's how the war in Ukraine is likely to affect our economy here locally in the States. And this is a, a sensitive subject, a heavy subject. There's some incredible atrocities going on right now over there. So we want to be sensitive to that. But very curious to get your thoughts around what we here at home can be doing uh, on the economy side to kind of help weather through this storm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so so just to begin with, um, I think uh, with the conflict that's happening in Ukraine, um, I, I take it back this tragedy. Uh, tragedy, and think about again two to three years ago. Um, also with COVID, right? Basically, major event that was global that everyone was watching. And on the real estate side, we got through it. We got through it together, and we got through it um, also with our tenants and with communication. So. At the end, I want to really talk about that of like next steps, actions you can do as a current landlord um, and what you should be doing immediately, what you should be doing during your lease renewals and um, how to to handle um, what is happening um, today in, in the news and um, in the economy. Um, but a lot of questions that I do get is, um, you know, from the real estate investor perspective, um, hey, how is this um, on the rental side going to affect be um, here at home as well? Yeah. And um, so from there, I think the first thing to talk about is um, essentially the economy. Um, I'm not a politician, so politics stay 100% away from. Um, Really talk about about rentals themselves. There will be some things I want to talk about um, in here, such as short-term rentals and development. That's not my expertise, so I think we'll just touch on that. Um, But really on long-term rentals and um, talking about what we're seeing in the economy and then where we're going from there. Um, So I think that like probably first place to start is at a high level. Um, you know, affecting properties here in the U.S., um, what are we expecting? Right. Um, obviously, there it depends on your property. Depends on the type of property you have, the rental property you have, as well as um, the types of tenants you have in your property. And so we'll go over that. Um, the other thing about it is um, location. So I, I think from... Um, that perspective, Michael, let's just face it. Like, people are asking is the, a recession imminent? What's going on with the economy? And, and how does this conflict impact it? I think, um, at a high level, when you look at it, definitely will help prolong inflation, may speed up some of the concerns that people have had about a recession. But from the rental industry and what you and I think about every day, um, as owners of investments of rental properties, um, for us, we're actually here to assist. Um, You saw this in other recessions, such as the Great Depression, Mm -hmm. when um, you saw that people were losing their homes, foreclosures, there was no development. I think 95% of um, development was cut, right, of new homes. And there was a huge surge in rental properties and um, or demand for rental properties, I should say. And so it's the same thing here for landlords um, to, to consider of, hey, there, if there is a recession and this um, conflict does kind of spur it to happen a little bit faster or prolongs inflation or anything like that, you as a real estate investor can help by providing a roof over people's heads here. In the U.S. um, because you have that property and you have that decision to make of renting the home versus keeping it vacant or anything like that. Um, So I'd say at at a high level there, um, there is um, benefits to owning rental properties and um, helping spur the economy from that perspective. Um, Now, um, I think let's talk about um, geography um, as well. Is that like a good another place to start? Yeah. I've um, learned from that perspective on the rental side um, and just also primary residences. People always say, what are the most imp- three most important things in real estate and um, purchasing? And it's location, 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 they say, right? So it's, <laughs> um, so it's four things. Is thats is that four? Location, location, location? Location,
0: location, location, and then purchasing, right?
1: Oh, and then purchasing. Yeah, and actually purchasing it. There you go. Um, and, and so from the location perspective, um, we are... Overseas, where we're, there's a, um, one big ocean of the seven seas that is between the U.S., the continental U.S., and the conflict. And um, so I do think Europe is going to be, your Europe real estate will be much more impacted than U.S. Um, real estate. And so you have that at play there. I also think with the location of your property and the type of property you have, Um, understanding the tenants that are in your property is something that's super important here with this conflict. And the reason I say that is because, um, I wanted to go into inflation and talk about inflation here. Um, and from that perspective with inflation, what you do see is that, um, uh, inflation is expected to be prolonged, um, 8% of, um, gas and oil, right, comes from, um, Russia. And so we're looking at prices going up Um, here in California. I don't know if you've looked at um, gas prices, but I think I saw $7 when I was down in San Diego last weekend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, diesel is like seven bucks. uh, Unleaded is around six and change most places.
1: Unheard of, yeah. And so from a location perspective, um, also your property, the type of property you have in the location, um, renters who are more cost burdened buy that price of um, gas and oil and, and just travel and transport to their jobs will be much more greatly impacted than those where up oh, an increase of you know seven to eleven percent whatever it is with the inflation doesn't touch too much of those um, the the consumer goods and stuff that's just part of their of their of their daily life. Um, So I think that would be one thing um, I would say on the on the location side to think about is not only geography and looking at the big picture of the map, but also where your properties are and who your tenants are.
0: Dana, that makes perfect sense, I think, for those folks who are looking kind of towards the future about future purchases based on location and what type of tenant class they would be looking for. But what would you say is important for folks to keep in mind or maybe go out and do if they have an existing portfolio? Is there anything that they could do you know, proactively as opposed to reactive?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think from that perspective, it's talking to your tenants, um, right? So it's the very first thing to do. And um, I'll, I'll give some parallels also on the COVID side. Um, but going out and talking to your tenants of, hey, we know there's inflation out there. And we we understand that there are other things in the news that are affecting this inflation, even more so that we didn't anticipate back in December. And now that we're in 2022, how how are you doing from that perspective? You know, um, from a perspective of, you know, income to rent ratio should be three to one. So you should have three times the income to the amount that your monthly rent is Um, But are Um, are other things um, in their lives affecting that where they suddenly, it needs to be higher than three or they're finding that um, their salary is not increasing as much as the rental rates. Um, So certain things like that to just be mindful of, to talk to your tenants and from a bank account perspective, are they seeing any of their savings deplete there where they really are living paycheck to paycheck if they didn't before Or if they are today living paycheck to paycheck, which many renters are, are they finding that cost burden becoming even greater um, with the inflation rates um, rising here, which is more of like general from an economic perspective, something to be mindful of?
0: Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think that real estate, rental real estate in particular, is kind of one of those interesting businesses in that there often maybe isn't a lot of interfacing between Uh, owner and client or owner and tenant. And that's just not the case in so many other businesses. If someone goes to a retail store, they're gonna be interacting with employees of the store and give feedback there on the spot. But in real estate, we often don't get that feedback until it's too late or those lines of communication aren't open. So I love that you're talking about just going and having a conversation with folks, kind of taking the pulse, finding what their needs are and looking to see if they can't be met uh, to be mutually beneficial.
1: Yeah, it's KYC, right? Know your customer. Um, I call it KYT, know your tenant. Um, and, and being there for them. We actually saw um, here at Hemline, we saw it really, really helpful in COVID where landlords reached out to their tenants and just said, hey, listen, um, right now there's a pandemic. Um, how are you doing? How are things going with your job? You know, if you are going to lose your job or you are affected by COVID, please reach out to me. Um, And then if a tenant does reach out, it's like, oh, well, because they think they're going to lose their job, they're in the restaurant industry or anything like that. It's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then let's go ahead and talk about early termination with no fee or whatever it may be to help the situation. I think that kind of know your know your tenant um, is super important in in any situation like this and taking a proactive approach and the reason I say that is there's a lot of misinformation out there about how things are handled. Um, we saw it in the news during COVID where it was like eviction bans, no tenant can get evicted, right? right. Is is headline news. But it was really only if you were affected by COVID and there were like five boxes would that eviction ban apply? So by knowing your tenant and reaching out to them and telling them, hey, listen, if you're affected, reach out to me, then you're actually in the know more so. Um, You have more information there and um, you're having a conversation rather than making assumptions of how the other person will handle the situation.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And from a from an implementation standpoint, I mean, if someone has a portfolio of 20 single family rentals, they're all with a professional manager. Is it reasonable for the owner to reach out to that manager and say, hey, go, you know, go chat with these folks? Or is this a time that is kind of unprecedented in our history and so those owners really need to be picking up the phone themselves and having those types of conversations?
1: Well, I think definitely in that case, if you have a property manager, you should reach out to your property manager about it, right? Um, so from that perspective, definitely. Um, the other thing I would say with it is the biggest time to do it is during your renewal, right? So, when you have an annual renewal, and this is actually a strategy um, that I wish more landlords, more real estate investors would implement, where they really understand during that renewal time that this is a time to rescreen the tenants. And understand, are they, especially during these unprecedented times, are they going to be able to afford another year? And is it going to be very passive income to me? And what I mean by that is, um, for example, if you're expecting to increase your rental rates by, let's just say, 4%, which actually, by the way, is standard. Um, they saw year over year that uh, rental rates increased by 4%. This was in 2021. Okay. Okay. Then understanding with your tenants are will or is their income increasing by a subsequent four percent, and if not then um are they going to be more cost burdened and is that going to be a concern for you, and should you make it month to month rather than an annual contract because mm. of that and, and so really understanding from that perspective um, what it is what's really interesting is that when you looked at the data, um, so this is January of 2022, um, the government actually reported out that businesses had said um, they were increasing salaries 3.9% for the year, right? Annual reviews on average for all the data they could get. And the reason they had noted that 3.9%, which was the highest they had seen since 2008, the reason they had said was one, inflation, and two, the other reason was um, new hires. Because we've seen kind of, we've seen a lot of um, more job transition than we've ever seen before. Um, right. In November and December, we saw a lot of jobs turnover, and so from that perspective, three point nine percent. Then, when you looked at the rental rate increase from all the data that they could get, it was at three point seven percent year over year, reported in February. And so when you look at it, it actually looks like tenant salaries went up equally or close, almost equal to what rental rates went up by. And then John Burns had mentioned the same thing in his reporting of the economy um, to back that up, that he had basically seen something very similar in his numbers and analysis that um, he pulled, that really this whole cost burden by um, rent increases actually didn't happen or we haven't seen that happen to date because you're also seeing that salaries are increasing as well uh, by the same amount. Now, if you are that landlord who says, well, I looked at Wall Street Journal and I saw rental rates go up eight per, or I saw inflation is that close to 8%. So I'm going to increase my rental rates by 8%. Right. Now your tenant tenant's baby cost burdened if they weren't part of that th- uh, 3.9% or 3.7%. Yeah. Uh, Or they only had that. They didn't have their um, salaries increased by eight percent. So something to be mindful of. And the only way you're going to know that is by having a conversation with your tenant. So know your tenant or asking them to reapply to the property. I've actually seen real estate investors do that quite successfully and property managers do it successfully where they say, can you please go and fill out your income again? Run your background and credit check again, making sure that there isn't this cost burden year over year that you didn't see in the initial year.
0: That's really interesting. I mean, it's almost like playing offense and defense, you know, at the renewal. There's there are things that can be done. It's not just a are they going to renew or aren't they? It's well, no, they need to earn that right to be able to stay in the property. That's a really interesting concept.
1: Yeah, and most and, and most real estate investors want an annual lease, right? They want it on a summer turnover or right. any time where demand is highest in their market and industry. But what you end up seeing nowadays and and this this was with COVID, now this is with the economy shifting, right? The economy everyone is saying that it's shifting, it's it's changing this year. And um, the The conflict in Ukraine is also playing a role in that, and so then now suddenly people are saying, "Oh, maybe I should do a month to month." Um, and and we didn't see that five years ago. That was not a conversation that I would ever have with a real estate investor. Everyone was like, "I always do twelve months leases, and that's it, unless right. the local regulations require a month to month." San Francisco does. Um, but unless they require that I'm doing an annual and now the conversation has shifted where suddenly it's changing and real estate investors are having that conversation with their tenants and saying you could go month to month or you could go to month to month at this rate, which is much higher rate, or you could get locked into an annual contract at this rate, which is a lower rate. Um, or much more aligned with uh, maybe their salary increase year over year that they had, um, which you would hope that your tenants received, if that's what the nation um, the nation is reporting, you would hope that they had a slight increase as well.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And Dana, I want to take a step back to something you said previously and, and understand and fully appreciate that you're not an economist. Uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I am also not an economist, but I'm curious to get kind of your personal opinion and thoughts around but you were saying that rents on average moved up about 4% or 3.9%. Average salary increase was up about 3.7%. But those people looking at Wall Street, hearing those reports heard inflation at 7, 8%. And so if they're kind of in that camp thinking, hey, I need to keep up with inflation because my cost of goods and services went up 8%. I got When I go to Home Depot to get materials to make the repairs, those are up 7, yeah. 8%. So I got to raise... My rents here. I mean, how do we not end up in this in this kind of ratcheting up where everyone is? You know, I got to raise my rent to keep up with inflation, but inflation is outpacing my cost of goods and services, and now. So, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, definitely. I I think actually, from that perspective, a way a real estate investor should think about it is on their uh, on their tenants. Right. If your tenant moves out, by all means, move it up eight percent. Bring it up eight percent, but. Every smart property manager and real estate investor knows that when they do a renewal, they're not going to raise it exactly to market rate. You're going to put it under market rate slightly to incentivize them to stay there because turnover costs are a lot, can be a lot. You lose one month's rent a lot of times in vacancy Mm -hmm. or paying a leasing agent. And so all of that cost of doing business and being in the industry of property management already takes takes um, effect. And so from that perspective, that's where you have to know your customer. Because if your tenant says, if you can see that their salaries increased by 8%, then yeah, maybe you have some more wiggle room there. Or maybe you do want to go month to month with them and raise it a bit more um, because the market is hot and you can get that demand. But having a conversation, understanding where they are and what they can pay, and then understanding should we go month to month, should we do annual with them, or should we not renew the lease because we are going to be increasing it or letting them know we're increasing it but our qualification is still 3 to 1 for income to rent ratio by having that conversation with the tenant everyone is aligned um, and you don't get into a situation where it's month 4 and the tenant is suddenly saying Michael can I pay with a credit card now I I, can't, I don't have enough in my bank account and you're saying shoot I just signed a 12 month lease with this tenant this is good. Right. this this is not good for them it's not good for me it's not good for anyone involved
0: right right yeah that makes total sense that makes total sense Well, Dana, I was wondering if we could shift gears here a little bit. And I'm curious if you have any insight into how big of an investment maybe Russians play inside the U.S. market. Because it's now been announced that there is going to be an energy ban on all imported Russian energy. Uh, Business accounts have been frozen, I know, for for folks in Russia. So do you know, is that likely to affect things here locally?
1: Yeah, good question. At a high level, just absolutely no they are such a small portion of the real estate market and also of the the rental market um so if you look at the market today right um for foreign investors right it's less than less than 2% of existing home sales are foreign investors okay and then Russians of that are 0.8% like not even 1% 0.8% And um, usually when you see it, it's much more affluent. They're buying properties in Florida on private islands or in New York on the um, most expensive street. They're not buying rental properties. And so when you look at it, it's 0.8% of the sale of homes to foreign investors. And so overall, if you do the calculation, I think it comes out to like 0.014%. Of the rental market of like homes, total homes, okay. not value of homes, but total homes are owned by Russians, and um, so from that perspective, it's just small. Like if you think I'm, if I mean we're real estate investors, if we think about the person who owns a rental property down the street from us. It's most likely not. Um, it, it's most likely not Russian money from that perspective. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, makes sense. All right, Dana, let's talk about a fairly hot topic, and that's short-term rentals, something we've been talking a lot about here on the podcast, something that we at Roofstock just recently launched our marketplace to accommodate short-term rentals. So curious to get your thoughts on how the war in Ukraine is going to be affecting short-term rental, the short-term rental market here locally.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm in the long-term space and definitely found during, if we take the last global event, which was COVID, uh, being in the long-term space actually was much more beneficial during most of the time than the short-term, especially at the beginning. Um, Here, I believe it's the same thing um, where short-term will be more impacted than long-term rentals. And here's why. Everyone needs a roof over their head. So when you think about um, consumers' ability to spend money, um, they will be able to spend a lot more on um, goods and services when you don't have huge inflation. But now that we have inflation, um, it's expected to be amplified with the um, uh, with what's happening with Russia, Russia and gas and oil prices. And from that perspective, what is the first thing you're going to cut? It's travel it's your personal travel. You're not gonna cut the roof over your head, but you are going to cut travel. So anything that takes a flight to get to, anything that takes a car to get to, or a train, anything like that is going to be reconsidered or just scrapped from someone's budget. And so from that perspective, short-term will be more affected um, than the long-term space. How much um, you know is still to be determined, I think, you know for from a consumer perspective, it takes always a while for this to to play out of people canceling trips or reconsidering trips. Um, but I definitely think that it will play a role.
0: Okay, interesting. Do you have any plans to get into the short term space on the per- personally?
1: Personally, no. Um, the Airbnb space on on my end is a much more active investment um, and, and it's considered a hotel to me. And so um, from that perspective, I think of long-term rentals as like a completely different industry than the short-term space. In the short-term space, um, if a tenant says their light bulbs out at midnight, I, I think if I own a hotel, I'm gonna be like, "Great, let me come and fix your light bulb right now at midnight for you." And yeah. um, you, I'd want to treat an Airbnb the same way, right? So it's much more active on the property management side from that perspective. Typically, when you're on the long-term side, you do see um, that your cash flow um, from that perspective might be slightly less than an airbnb depending on where you are um it will it could be less you get greater returns from an airbnb but on the management side it is more passive because if a tenant says my light bulbs out unless it's a 25 foot ceiling and it's still not an emergency you're not going to send someone out the tenant is going to replace that themselves and, right. and and so i find it's a it, how you handle it is is different because it's a hotel versus a home. Um, and it's a different um, type of process end to end. Yeah.
0: Okay, Dana, well, this has been, you know, super informative and helpful. Curious to get final thoughts, actionable takeaways that we haven't covered yet, things that folks can go out and, and do today.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, from that perspective, there's a couple of things. Um, we spoke one about, um, do we see a recession coming up? Um, right, and one thing I would say from that perspective is, you know, in, in Forbes they had recently said most likely not in 2022, potentially in 2023. Um, you know, I, I can't predict the future, um, but what I would say is, come on, don't lie, no. <laughs> don't don't live in fear. And um, we know that while the economy is shifting and changing, um, even if there is a recession, which is um, obviously something that no one wants. Rentals are a relatively safe investment from that perspective. You know, purchasing a single family property on roof stock to hedge that inflation and then um, going through and um, having tenants in the property and a surge in demand because people are holding back from purchasing homes because of a recession. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not a bad situation for a real estate investor to think about where where should I put my capital if you're thinking of putting in the stock market or in real estate so I think one of the biggest things that I would say as final thoughts is like definitely make sure you you aren't living in fear and um, it's a great time um, from that perspective to invest in real estate even with the inflation going up that you can help hedge that by having properties that appreciate and um, then also um, from that perspective, make sure that you are always um, talking to your tenants. And that would be the other thing. You live in fear because of the unknown. But the moment that you can reduce the number of unknowns that you have, like I know Michael's my tenant and he just got a 10% raise in salary, that means I suddenly don't have an unknown. And when I'm thinking about, hey, I've seen inflation, I need to hedge against, to your point, Michael, these additional costs from repairs, and supplies at Home Depot that I'm picking up. Um you have some information that helps you eliminate and reduce having any fear or anxiety. I think anxiety is the biggest thing that I see uh, with investments. Um when you when you have some unknowns and so really know your tenant, um KYT and then also uh make sure that uh you're out there and and making strong investment decisions and I I definitely think real estate is, is that
0: Love it, love it. Well, ten percent. I'm gonna have to go have a conversation with my boss because that would be uh, that'd be pretty nice. But no, that <laughs> makes that makes a ton of sense, Dana. That makes a ton of sense. And I love that you're talking about things you can do proactively, uh, not just reactively to the situation that we we find ourselves in. So, thank you so much for sharing, and always such a pleasure to see you. I'm sure we'll do something again soon.
1: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, you gotta take care. Alrighty, everyone. And that was our episode. A big thank you to Dana for coming on the show and talking about a difficult and heavy topic. So we hope you liked the episode. We hope you found it useful and valuable. As always, if you liked the episode, feel free to leave us a rating or a review wherever it is that you get your podcast. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Happy investing.